Hi, it's Jesse, and this is a shout out to everyone who jumped on JoeFresh.com to get my limited edition matching family collection. It's been selling so fast. The baby romper, the kid set, and the dress are my obsessions for the summer. I am loving seeing them on your kids, and they're so affordable. The toddler dress is $16. That's why I bought 10 and smuggled them back into the U.S. illegally for my friend's kids. I shouldn't have said that on a recorded medium. Anyway, the Jesse Collection is out now in select stores and at JoeFresh.com. Get it before it's gone. Or before I'm gone. To jail. This week on Phone a Friend, I turned one year older, and The Bachelor turned 70 years older. Kim Kardashian saved a woman's life, and the Barbie movie is about to save mine. Or is it? Plus, should we feel bad for actors? I phoned my real-life friend, actor Amanda Walsh, to explain why actors are striking. The executives are making, you know, in a day what the average writer or actor makes in a year. Oh, and she was a much music VJ, so I'm obviously making her tell me everything that went on there because that's what friends are for, forcing you to spill professional secrets while being recorded. In the words of an early 2000s much music VJ, let's do this, nation! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Girl, let's phone a friend with Jesse Kripschick. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Phone a Friend. Ugh, I hope you all had a great week. I'm Jesse Crookshank. And I'm a year older. Jason, my producer, hi. Hey. Can you hear it in my voice? <laughs> Suddenly, is it just old and haggard? <laughs> the, the golden podcast host. It's the golden podcast host. Wow, right out of the gate, okay? Yes, we will be touching on the golden bachelor today, but I didn't expect to be called the golden podcast host mere seconds into the episode. But yes... My birthday was this week. Happy birthday. Thank you all. Thank you, Jason. Thank you to everybody for your lovely birthday messages. And this is what I, I want to say, because like I'm not sure if it's healthy or not. You tell me, okay, Jay? Okay. So my birthday was this week. 
And I really am a birthday person. I know, Jason, that you aren't really. Because one year, I do you remember this? I decorated your desk with pictures of Kylie Jenner for your oh birthday. Oh my God, I do. <laughs> I forgot about that, but I remember it now. <laughs> like large scale color printouts of Kylie Jenner on your computer, oh, on your no. desk. And you literally showed up and you were like, thank you. <laughs> you're not you're not a birthday person yeah i don't think i am i mean it depends you know what i will say i like uh you know for a 30th birthday or something i sure. feel like i would like go all out but on just the the regular whatever like i don't really i try to just let it pass Right. You just, who needs large scale images of Kylie Jenner to celebrate, you know, just move on with your life. I do. I, I like the celebration. I like the festivity. I like the attention on that day. I welcome it all. I like, I anticipate my birthday. You know, I plan things for it. I get excited. It is important to me that that day feels special. Last year I had like this big party. We like catered a big dinner for all my friends. Evan and I went on a trip. We did my birthday. But this was the first year in my life where, like, I really felt indifferent. I didn't really make any plans. I didn't feel any of that anticipation. I didn't really feel anything. And I guess my question is, is that bad? Like, does that mean that I am the golden podcast host, (laughs) that I am getting old? Or, like, am I finally just acting my age? I don't think it's bad. It's just there's certain years that are exciting and certain years that just kind of, eh, the number doesn't matter. <sighs> what you're saying is that my 60th is going to be popping. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, I'll finally feel something again. I don't know. It did end up being a really great birthday. The night before, two of my best friends took me for dinner at the Soho House in Malibu. Fancy. Thank you. No big deal. Just dropping that right here. Just um, And do you know who we saw? Ooh. Brody Jenner. Oh. Happy birthday to me. He was dining with his pregnant fiance. They were very happy, very in love. But I still, in like seeing him, in, I just, I felt like that was a birthday gift from the gods, you know? Did you talk? Did you wave? We waved. We waved. He saw me. I saw him. But as you know, the Soho house has very strict photo taking policies. Mm-hmm. And my friends were like, go up to the table and say hi. And I was like, we saw each other. We acknowledged each other. We said hello. I, I told him congratulations. But I was like... Anything further than that, I would want to take a picture because, like, a photo or it didn't happen. And they would not allow me to do that in the restaurant. So I didn't think it was worth that. Yeah. You don't want to be, like, dragged out from your own birthday celebration. No, we discussed this last week. The people sitting next to me who tried to take a picture of Drake were, like, publicly shamed and their photo was taken away. I didn't want to be that person on the eve of my birthday in front of the love of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it was a beautiful acknowledgement. It was a gorgeous gaze, a wave, a congratulations, said hello to the pregnant fiance who was beautiful and glowing, and I went on with my day. You know, I just ate my chocolate cake in peace. Uh, And then on my actual birthday... Uh, The other love of my life, you know, the second choice, Evan and I, we dropped off the kids at like all the camps and daycares. And then we sat poolside, Jason, at a five-star hotel for five hours. And we went all out. We rented the cabana on a rooftop pool. We sipped margaritas starting at like 11 a.m. We read magazines. We pretended we didn't have kids or jobs for five glorious hours. Ha, 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 ha.
was the best. And then we had to pick all the kids up and we had like a dinner with them. And when you feed children cake, it turns into absolute fucking chaos. And so Evan dealt with it and I went to bed at 9.30 p.m. (laughs) A perfect day all around. You know what I mean? Just no anticipation, no plans, but it worked out. Also festive. Lindsay Lohan had a baby on my birthday. So now, Jason, I share a birthday. Oh, congratulations to her. Sorry to make this about me. Congratulations to her. I hope she is happy. The baby was birthed in Dubai. We wish her well. Yeah. There's no picture yet, right? There's no picture yet. But the name is cute. The name is Luai. Is it Arabic? I think that's what I read. Perhaps it's Arabic. Perhaps it's a character from Moana. Either way, adorable name. Congratulations to her. Now, to make it about me again, um, I do want to note that I now share a birthday with David Hasselhoff, Camilla Parker Bowles, and Baby Lohan. And sorry, upgrade Queen Camilla. Oh, shit. I share a birthday with a damn queen with royalty. So it's David Hasselhoff, Queen Camilla, Baby Lohan, and me. What a group. I mean, I would watch that sitcom. You know what I mean? (laughs) But sadly, Jason, if you wanted to make that sitcom, you could not. Because last week, the Screen Actors Guild (laughs) went on strike. What a transition. I am at my prime in my golden years. A lot of people have been asking me, are you affected by the strike? Are you affected by the strike? I just got a text from like a, a family friend in Vancouver. Are you affected by the strike? And I am sad to tell you the answer is yes. We were supposed to have Matt Damon, Meryl Streep, Brad Pitt, and JLo as guests on Phone a Friend, just back to back A listers. But sadly, <laughs> They had to cancel. They won't be able to promote any projects due to union regulations. Ugh, it's just, it's really unfortunate, isn't it? We're kidding. We're joking. We are not at all impacted by the strike. Phone a friend is not going anywhere. The cast of Selling Sunset is more available than ever. <laughs> and today, I finally get to phone my true friend, my one of my closest friends, actor Amanda Walsh, to explain all of the shocking details around the strike, just so I feel like we can all better understand it. And because Amanda started as a much music VJ... You better believe I'll be forcing her to take a deep dive into 2002, okay? Cue the Electric Circus theme song because it's Thursday night and we're ready to party, Canada! I may not have partied out on my birthday, but I am today. Put on your low-rise snakeskin pants and baby teeth and get ready to dance like you're on MDMA! It's been a week. It's been a week, yeah. Did you know what I just realized, Jason? The Electric Circus theme song is the same song I used to kick off Fuck Yes Friday every Friday on the new Mom Huda's Instagram page. It is? I had no idea until this moment. Like from, like, Stock Audio Network? Yes, we pulled a Stock Audio Network song for that intro, and today, in this moment, years later, I'm discovering it's the Electric Circus theme song. I used to think Electric Circus was so cool. It was oh like the God. peak of like, peak. it was like Hollywood glamour <sighs> in, in, as a kid. There was nothing like bigger. 
It's so Wait, sad, but you're in the suburbs of Ottawa. Oh yeah. It's Friday night. You're gathering around the television alone with siblings by yourself, mm-hmm. and you're like, "This is what adulthood is." Yeah. It Me seems too. So cool and like unattainable. Oh yeah. Like oh absolutely. How do those people get on there? Ugh, and what is this imaginary ball they're pretending to hold and throw in the air while gyrating on a platform? Please. Yeah. I mean, peak. It was peak Canadian culture. You better believe I'm asking Amanda all about it because she hosted that show, which is, as someone who's been to Vegas and like hit many dance floors with Amanda Walsh, there is nothing funnier than thinking about her hosting Electric Circus. So we're going to get into that. But let's get into our first story. Not only did Lindsay Lohan bring a child into the world on my birthday, ABC brought a senior into the Bachelor franchise. They announced the Golden Bachelor with this teaser. He posts his thirst traps in a leather-bound album. His DMs have postage. He gets the early bird special anytime he wants. If you call him, he'll answer the phone. He doesn't have gray hair. He has wisdom highlights. Florida wants to retire and move to him. He's Gary. And I'm your first golden bachelor. (laughs) That's really good. His DMs have postage. Florida wants to retire and move to him. Well, that one wasn't great. Uh, <laughs> doesn't it feel like, like, I don't know how you write top-level jokes like that during a writer's strike, to be honest. But wow, ABC, you did it. And let me tell you, I can't wait. I mean, you know this about me. I was a lifelong Bachelor viewer until really only a few seasons ago. Like, Chris Harrison was canceled. That wasn't the reason I fell off. It was that around the same time, I realized that I could be most of the contestants' mother. Oh, yeah, like, right. <laughs> It's true. No, Jason, this is what this is the journey I went on with The Bachelor. When I started watching the show, I was like in college, okay? I was attracted to The Bachelor. Now I find myself just like worrying if he's eating enough. I can relate to the parents on the hometown dates more than I can relate to the contestants. I feel like in the decade I have spent watching The Bachelor, I went from horny to maternal like that. And that made me feel old. And so, just when I thought I was finished watching a franchise about 22-year-old Revolve models trying to get Instagram followers. Sorry, I mean find love. Oh find love. Oh, my God. The Bachelor <laughs> delivers this new version almost as if just for me. In my golden podcast era, Gary was delivered to my doorstep. He's a 71-year-old widower and father of two from Indiana who enjoys hosting barbecues and playing pickleball. I'm horny already. (laughs) You know how many times I've said to Evan that I would like us to get into pickleball? I mean, this is a conversation we have nightly. Try it. I'll come with you. Will you? Yeah. Oh, Jason. And I don't know anything about it. I just, everybody says they play pickleball and I feel left out. Oh, me too. I'd probably be horrible at it. I don't even know how you play. 
I threw it out to a mom group text, and one of them was like, um, I play regular tennis, and I went out one day to play regular tennis with her, and I literally was like, my knees are sore, I'm out of shape, I need to play pickleball, okay? I'm in my pickleball era, let's play together. Yeah, yeah, for real. You guys, oh my God, hot shit is going down on the Phone a Friend podcast. (laughs) Sorry if we're giving you midsummer FOMO with our pickleball plans, not the intention. But yes, he is looking for a woman who plays pickleball and or golf. He was married for 43 years. His wife fell ill and died in 2017. And now, with encouragement from his daughters, he is ready to find love again. And listen, Jason, I'll say it. He is hot. He's got blue eyes, a d- tan, full head of hair at yeah. 71, full head. I'd kill for that hairline. Oh, please. Me too. Oh, my <laughs> God. My hair is like after three kids, I my hairline starts in the middle of my head. He has this very chiseled jawline, subtle gray stubble. Do you know what he looks like? He looks like that digitally aged picture of Chris Emsworth, but IRL. Oh my and God. I am all <laughs> in on this. You thought he looked photoshopped. The ad, the promotion is a little glossy. Yes. But whose isn't? Listen, I'm many decades younger than him, and my photos are also still a, a little glossy. <laughs> yeah. So we can forgive Gary yeah. for the Photoshop. My question is, how will the show change? As a lifelong Bachelor viewer, like, does Gary go on hometown dates to meet the parents when he's dating parents? Oh, is yeah. he meeting the children? Does Gary go to the fantasy suite? Are we, like, foregoing our individual suites to spend the night with a 71-year-old Gary? What is happening? Are we getting shots of candles burning and sheets rustling and Gary's hearing aids getting placed on the bedside table? Because I am ready. Bring it on, ABC. Listen, The Golden Bachelor premieres this fall, and I can't wait to put down my pickleball racket and settle into my elder millennial years with Gary. What's next? What's next? You're like selling me on it. Oh, Jason, I've already invited Nathan to come watch every week, but would you like to join us? Yeah. I mean, as someone who's never watched The Bachelor, I'm like, this is fascinating. It's fascinating. And you know what? He seems like a real sweet angel. Talks very slowly. We might have to watch it at like 1.5 speed, Mm -hmm. but such an angel, like a kind, sweet man. I just want him to find love. I'm also like, I would like to see the Gary before he was cast in The Bachelor because my father is of Gary's age and the volume of nose hairs, the out of control eyebrows, like they really took Gary and and put him in like a Gave a him group. a miscongeniality makeover. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He is going undercover to find love. He is the octogenarian Sandra Bullock or whatever that is for 70 year olds. All right, moving on. Just when you thought Kim Kardashian had done it all, she can now add military-grade body armor manufacturer to her resume. It's time for some Kardashian content. Kardashian content with a K. A loyal Skims customer named Angela Wiley took to TikTok recently, claiming that Kim Kardashian's shapewear line saved her life after she was shot four times in Kansas City. Uh, This is not a joke. I'm gonna play the video. Listen to this. Kim Kardashian saved my life. 
This New Year's I got shot four times. The night that I got shot under my dress, I was wearing a skims shaping bodysuit. It was so tight on me that it literally kept me from bleeding out. I recommend it. I'm definitely gonna buy some more. I mean, I mean, I should wear it every day. It's like body armor for women. Call it fate or Jesus, but I'ma call it Kim. I'ma call it Kim for sure. confused <laughs> because you know if one thing's for sure i'ma say i don't even know how to react to this okay and apparently neither did kim she reposted this video to her instagram stories and all she wrote was quote wow <laughs> with three extra w's just i think it's confusing to me because she's like so funny and cute and she's kind of joking around yeah. and she's very casual but then there's this emotional music behind the video and it's hard to focus on the skims bodysuit of it all after she casually mentions being shot four times on new year's eve like what we should say Angelina is still recovering from a ruptured bladder and a cracked pelvis. And she says one of the bullets is still inside of her because it's not safe to remove it. Sure, I, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> right. Thankfully, she's still here to tell her story and promote Kim's bodysuits. And if anyone's curious, she was wearing the seamless sculpt thong bodysuit in the color clay, which retails for $68. Use code BULLETPROOF10 at checkout to save 10%. <sighs> I'm kidding. And we wish her well. Luckily, can I say this now, Jason? I'm, I'm saying it. Uh-huh. What? I don't need a discount code. Because I have my own Skims oh, hookup, yeah. and it is Jason, <laughs> my producer. True. It's okay, true. this is, I'm, I'm saying so it now. You don't live in the apartment anymore, so I can say it now. So when Jason moved to L.A., you got an apartment in West Hollywood. Yeah. Hot, hot, cool West Hollywood. <laughs> it's where you saw Sean Mendez and took pictures from behind, mm -hmm. walking the streets. And it was clearly previously rented by an influencer because you got a huge package filled with size small skims. That's right. And obviously you didn't know what to do with the, this multitude of shapewear, bodysuits, and so... You generously gave it to me. And so I have, I'm not joking, 30 pairs of skims that were meant for one influencer and found their way <laughs> to me. Weren't there like, um, I just remember there were like huge bras in there and like, oh, um, <laughs> oh, I like mean, there were all tees. Like it was so, I felt so weird <laughs> giving it to you, but I'm like, I don't, what do I do with this? Somehow this is the first time in 23 episodes or slash in 15 years of knowing you I've ever heard you say the word panties. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pronouncing the T. It's when men say panties that I, oh, yeah, I no. there's a little bile emerges in the back of my throat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a very awkward handover. You gave me, it was bras. It was like, like ankle to neck shapewear, okay? Every mound of flesh that needs suction was sucked by the garments that you sent me in that Skims package. And I would try to squeeze my body into these Skims regularly. And every time I would put one on, I would just walk around all day complaining to Evan, like, these Skims are so tiny. Look, this is a size small. It's tiny. I can barely breathe. They're cutting off the circulation to my brain. And one time Evan just looked at me and said, maybe it's not the Skims. Maybe you're just not a size small. <clears throat> 
Jason, I almost called a lawyer. Okay. I was ready to file and become the golden bachelorette. That was the oh, moment. Wow. That was the moment. That was the moment. That's funny. Moral of the story is skims saves lives while toning your tummy and thighs. And I absolutely wear a size medium. Thanks, Kim. And Jason. Mostly thanks, Jason. Hey, yeah, you're welcome. I wish you stayed in that apartment so you could give me some, like, Fenty. I mean, who knows what else you had coming. Yeah. Get me that Fashion Nova package, please. Uh... <laughs> What's next? What's next? Okay. Who knew that in 2023, the debate over a selfie... Would be such a hot button issue. Turns out it is. Have you seen this Miranda Lambert video that's making the rounds? Mm-hmm. Okay, so during her concert in Las Vegas last weekend, she stops the show mid-song to call out a group of women taking selfies in the audience. Listen to this. I'm going to stop right here for a sec, Danny. I'm sorry. Oh. These girls are worried about the selfie and not listening to the song. It's pissing me off a little bit. These girls are worried about their selfie and not listening to the song, and it's pissing me off. Okay, Miranda Lambert. I don't know if this is a controversial take, Jason, but I don't like it. That she was shaming her fans for trying to take a picture at her show. Like, sorry, that's partly why we go to concerts in 2023, to post pictures of ourselves at the concert. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Plus, they're going to post that selfie and their friends will see it and want to go to her Vegas show. Their midsummer FOMO is your free promo, Miranda Lambert. That's just how the world works. You know, you don't see Taylor or Beyonce stopping people from taking pictures or videos at their shows. If they did, I would have nothing on my feet. One of the women who was scolded by Miranda has now spoken out. Her name is Adila Kalin. She said that they were only trying to take one photo, about like 30 seconds to try to take the pic, and then they were going to enjoy the rest of the show. She said her and her friends paid over $700 for the best seats in the house. So obviously they wanted to document it. And let's be real, brag that they were there. Makes sense. Right? And let me put this out there. If you, my beloved phone of friends, uh, by the way, Jay, we've had some pushback on phonies. Oh, actually? I feel that we need to stop trying to make phonies happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. That will sidebar that, but phonies, I think, is dead. <laughs> Got it. A controversy uh, abound in the DMs. But listen, my phone of friends, my unnamed listeners. If you shell out 29 Canadian dollars to see me live at Just for Laughs in Montreal next week, tickets are linked in the description of this episode, you can do whatever the hell you want when you're there, okay? Take videos, selfies, please post it all. As long as you're not, like, heckling me, I expect that in 2023. I am honored that you want to share my work with your friends. The only thing Miranda Lambert should be worried about is if fans aren't taking selfies or videos, okay? That's when you should be upset. But if you're angry at your fans who paid $700 to see you and tried to take a picture to remember it, then as our friend Al Brooke would say, you can go cry in your Ferrari, Miranda Lambert. That actually sounds like a country song. Yeah. I can cry (laughs) in my Ferrari. Hey, could you please stop taking pictures? I'm trying to make some country music here. It's like if she was cool, she would have like 
posed in the background of the photo and given like a peace sign or something. Like, don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> Jason just wants a peace sign. Wait, didn't you one time you were right up close at the Lady Gaga concert and you made these little like printouts of her dog? Didn't she take the printout she, and pose for a photo mid concert? That is wild. This is making me sound like such a loser. But no, loser, please. You're living the dr- the damn dream. You brought something to get her attention. It got her attention. Not only did she take your sign on stage, she let you take a picture. She posed she for a it. picture with it, right? Yeah. Well, that's the bar, Miranda Lambert. Jason wants you to throw up a peace sign <laughs> or, you know, hold up the picture he printed out of your dog and take a picture, okay? It's that or nothing. What's next? What's next? Lucky for Miranda. There is still one public place you're not allowed to take photos other than the Soho House and the restaurant I ate at next to Drake on King Street West. And that is the movie theater. It is strictly prohibited to take pictures or videos in a movie theater, which is exactly where I'll be spending my Friday evening with you, Jason. He got me ticks for my birthday to the opening night of the Barbie movie. Honestly. I'm so excited. I would have said, like, wow, Jason, you know me so well. But the fact is... I asked you to get me tickets. (laughs) You were like, can I do something? Do you want to do something for your birthday? And I was like, take me to the Barbie movie the (laughs) night it opens. So I'm a woman who knows what she wants and isn't afraid to ask for it. And you're a man who delivers, to be honest. So we're going to the movie on Friday night. And unless you've been living under a pink plastic rock... You know that the Barbie movie comes out this weekend. Literally the only people working harder than Ryan Gosling's personal trainer, Margot Robbie's red carpet stylist, and the color pink Mm -hmm. are the Warner Brothers marketing department. I mean, these people are exhausted. It feels to me like they've been marketing this movie for years. And now it just came out that the Barbie movie marketing budget is estimated to be over $100 million. Meanwhile, actors are on strike because they don't make a living wage and can't pay their rent. More on that with Amanda Walsh in a moment. There have been posters, billboards, architectural digest set tours. There's literally an official Barbie-themed dream house on Airbnb being promoted by Chrissy Teigen like four (laughs) days after she had a newborn baby. When you search Barbie on Google, as Jason and I discovered moments before sitting down to record this podcast, the whole interface turns pink and sparkly. Like... They're advertising the movie to us from within our computers. I've never seen a campaign for a movie like this in my life, Jason. In my long, golden, elder millennial life. And since the Barbie movie is not a sponsor of this podcast, we got zero dollars out of that $100 million. We thought we'd play a game called Plastic or Fantastic. My producer, Jason, will read some Barbie movie-themed promotional partnerships, and I have to guess if it's fake, i.e. plastic, or real, a.k.a. fantastic. Are you ready, Jason? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Plastic or fantastic? Burger King launched the BK Barbie combo. It has a cheeseburger with bacon bits and smoky-flavored bright pink sauce. I mean, first of all, ew. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds disgusting, But, like, honestly, I feel like that's got to be real. Fantastic. That's right. It's true. Fantastic. Oh, my God. That is horrific. 
Uh, remember that bright pink TikTok sauce that everybody was freaking out about? No. Oh, God. It was a thing. Oh. And I don't need to relive okay. it. And I'm feeling very youthful that I brought up something from I TikTok know. that you didn't know about. <laughs> okay, move, next one. Okay, Progressive Insurance used the Barbie Dream House in their latest home insurance commercial. Ooh, you know what? I have not seen this, and I feel like I've seen every Progressive commercial a thousand times. So I'm going to say this is not real. This is plastic. Wrong. It's true. <gasps> Fantastic. No. Yeah. Really? Funny. Yeah. Do you know that my neighbor is the progressive guy? Oh. There's like Flo and then there's like the guy. Yeah, that's my neighbor. He's probably in it. He's probably in it. God, I got to go knock on the door and ask. Yeah, his cars just keep getting nicer and nicer. Every time I see him in a progressive commercial, he pulls in in like a new Porsche. Yeah, he's for sure in the commercial then. Yeah. Wow. Okay, next. Hard turn. Uh, Plan B One Step released B no. for Barbie themed packaging no. for their morning after pills. What? No. That can't be a thing. This is fake. This is plastic. Okay, you're right. Correct. Fake plastic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good one. <laughs> it's just you don't need plan B when you don't have genitals, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. Okay, next. Snapchat launches an AR lens that turns London's Tower Bridge into a bright pink version of itself. Oh, first of all, this is insane. We are changing global monuments to promote the Barbie movie. But I also think it's absolutely true. This is fantastic. True. Fantastic. Oh my god! It's kind of cool. I don't I haven't used Snapchat in seven years, but... No, actually, <laughs> that was the most informative part of that question was that Snapchat still exists. Also, I honestly wouldn't put it past them to paint the Tower Bridge, okay? If they were like, we're going to paint Mount Rushmore pink, I would have thought, yeah, yeah, sounds about right. The Mona Lisa will be painted over with the image of Margot Robbie as Barbie for 10 days only. Oh, that's good. I should have used that in this thing. Yeah, I would have believed it. <laughs> Last one. Pop group Aqua is releasing an EP of Barbie Girl remixes featuring an original rap from Ryan Gosling. Stop. Wait a second. The butterflies that just emerged in my stomach at the prospect of this being real. Like, I am more excited over this Aqua remix than my own birthday no. this week. But it can't be true. There's no way Ryan Gosling... I was shocked to see him singing that Ken song. There's no way he's rapping. I don't even know if the members of Aqua are still alive. I'm going to say this is plastic. You're right. It's false. Ah! I really thought you were going to believe that one. In my heart and my soul, I believe it. I want so desperately for it to be true. Me too. But even Ryan Gosling has limits, you know? But after that song came out, what's that song? Ken? I'm just Ken? Yeah, I'm just Ken. What can't he do? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What can't he do? If yeah. we're speaking the language that we have been trained to speak. Wow. And that's how you play Plastics or Fantastic. Thank you, Jason. Uh, the Barbie movie comes out on July 21st, but you knew that already. My God, did you know that already? And Jason and I will be back next week with our full review because we ordered the BK Barbie combo and found out that we could pre-order tickets. <laughs> What's next? What's next?
Okay, I'm so excited for this one. I have been looking for an excuse to phone one of my true friends, my closest friends, who happens to be a former Much Music VJ, Amanda Walsh. She's also a successful working actor here in L.A. So when the SAG after strike happened last week, I knew this was the moment. Or to put it in phone-a-friend terms, I just want to feel this moment. I need you to know that when I sung that, Jason, I held one of my earphones and I closed my eyes. I was... Feeling that moment. Christina, in that moment. So as you know, last week, the Screen Actors Guild Union went on strike alongside the Writers Guild, which means we get to see lots of paparazzi shots of the cast of Bones on the picket lines. And we all got to enjoy this impassioned speech from SAG President Fran Drescher about their failed negotiations with the studios and streamers. I cannot believe it, quite frankly, how far apart we are on so many things, how they plead poverty, that they're losing money left and right when giving hundreds of millions of dollars to their CEOs. It is disgusting. Shame on them. Shame on them. Poverty. (laughs) (laughs) They plead poverty. I didn't know how badly I needed the nanny to stand up for something, but wow. So who is it that's experiencing poverty? Is it the studios or is it the actors? What exactly are they fighting over? And do we really need to stand in solidarity with actors? You know, I'm about to find out by calling one right now. Let's phone a friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. I am phoning a friend who is the true definition of a working actor. Amanda Walsh has been in literally everything, okay? Veronica Mars, Castle, Grimm, NCIS, Two and a Half Men, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, Beauty in the Briefcase, Lost Girl, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, Pretty Hard Cases, the list goes on. She also won a Writers Guild of Canada Screenwriting Award for her work as a writer on the first two seasons of Schitt's Creek. But is it weird that I'm most excited to ask her about her time as a much music VJ from 2001 to 2003? I mean, peak much. And she has to tell me everything about it on this podcast because that's what friends are for. You know? Here we go. Hello? 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 So excited. I've been saying this to you since the moment I launched this show that I would have you on. I need to have you on. When will you come on? You have. And I've been listening to every episode and very much enjoying it and pretending I'm hanging out with you. I know. While listening. It's the greatest compliment I could ever receive is that like a very dear friend actually listens to this <laughs> show. Like that is when you told me you listened, not just out of duty, but because you like enjoyed it. That really made me feel good. Thank so you. I found myself waking up on a Thursday being like, ooh. <gasps> oh. and yeah. And it was like a little fun vacation in my day. Oh you know. my God, Amanda. I am Some touched, laughs. honored. Oh my God. Okay. So as you know, I have called you today. Finally, I get to call you because I need you to help explain these Hollywood strikes. But disclaimer, I am also going to take you back to 2002. Mm. Cue Saturday Night by Wigfield because it's Mm. about to be electric circus up in here. (laughs) Did you want to change into your PVC bikini top and feather boa now or are you going to save that for later? Ooh, ooh. Um... 
you know, I'll go for later. Okay. Let's do later. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. I could do now. I mean, it's, this isn't a visual medium. No, so it let's say it's me. on now. It would listeners. just be for me. Yes. Actually, wow. She right. just took off her t-shirt and it's a iridescent string bikini top. Yes. And I have a little Kangol hat <laughs> as well. <laughs> Forwards or backwards? It's on backwards. Oh. Yes, it's on backwards. It's LL Cool J. It's on backwards, a little to the side. God, mm-hmm. she's never looked cooler. Okay, first, can I just tell the story of how we connected from my perspective? Please. So I obviously knew and love you, loved you from Much Music because the Much Music VJ in your time in like late 90s, early 2000s were culture. Like Rick the Temp to me, was as famous as the Backstreet Boys. You were as recognizable as like a Natalie Imbruglia at that time. You're welcome. And I literally walked past you on Queen Street once when I was living in Toronto and I was like, "Ah, that's Amanda Walsh. Like so beyond starstruck. And so when I decided to move to LA, I left MTV. One of my camera guys said like, oh, you know, my ex-girlfriend lives in LA. I feel like you guys would get along. So he takes my phone and puts Amanda Walsh and your phone number in my phone. And I remember thinking like, Oh my God, I have Amanda Walsh's number in my phone. (laughs) We get to LA. I'm like truly nervous to meet you. We meet and I feel like we instantly connected. Like so many people who meet you, I fell in love with you immediately. And since then we have gone through career ups and downs and dating and breakups and apartments and houses and marriages and wedding planning and pregnancies and children and the pandemic together. And like, you are truly one of my closest friends in the whole world. And I really don't know how I would have survived this city without you. Oh, friend. That's really nice. It's funny to me that you start on Much and I start on MTV because it's not something that you and I really like talk about or like think no. is interesting. But do you remember the one time we were in Vegas? No big deal. Mm-hmm. I you we were like did had a weekend in Vegas. One night we went out. Thank you so much. And I I was definitely like drinking. We were like a mess. We had been like drinking. We were like our shoes hurt. We were like feet, like bare feet in an elevator. We grabbed a yes. muffin yes. on the way back and to the hotel. And we were just huddled. It was like 4.30 in the morning. And we had yep. left our other friends who were maybe more reasonable. Yes, and absolutely. didn't have the love of dance take over. No. Um, <laughs> Had gone home. <laughs> yes, they had gone home. We were still out dancing to Pitbull. Go on. Yes, yes. And then, yeah, we were in that elevator and people were coming down in the morning to start mm. their gambling. Right. And we right. were just like like two rodents, like just over a muffin. Yeah. Barefoot in yeah. an elevator. Disgusting. And um, I, those people were Canadian. And Yes, a man came so, in who was clearly Canadian and, and said like, oh my God, you're from much music. And Amanda like paused barefoot drunk over her muffin and was like, hi. And then he pans over to me and he goes, oh my God, you're from MTV. And I also drunk with the muffin was like, "Uh uh-huh. And, you know, we were blowing this man's mind while drunk in a Las Vegas elevator at 4.30 a.m. It it really is. I mean, look, we weren't doing anything wrong, but it's not on your like top list of moments you'd want. No. someone to remember you absolutely by not in their no life. no That's <laughs> yeah no that was real we gave him a real something to tell tell someone about um 
Okay, we can reminisce forever, and we will. I, know. I just want you to know this will be like a personal I conversation that we record for public consumption. <laughs> okay, good. But first, I called you today yes. so that you could kind of explain what is going on with this SAG-AFTRA strike. Because the Writers Guild is on strike, and now SAG is on strike. You're a writer and an actor. This is how you make a living. So I guess, you know, first and foremost, how are you feeling, like, in a nutshell? You're allowed to swear. Um, I guess I'm feeling uncertain is sort of, it's, it's just a strange time. We don't uh, know what the future will hold. It's a weird combination. Cause it's a really, now I feel pressure to swear by the way. Cause you yes. said that, like, I'm like, I was going to say crappy, but I'm like, well, it's such a shitty to feel like I can swear. Yeah, you say. can swear. You but anyway, it sucks. Um, it's definitely a last resort thing. Nobody wanted it to mm. come to this. Mm. On one hand, I'm moved by seeing the unity and solidarity of all these artists and workers together. Yeah. But, you know, nobody wanted it to come to this. And it's affecting a lot of people, not just the actors and writers, but so many people work in this industry, you know, right. members and other industries that rely on the industry. So it's it's not a good thing at all. Um, but, you know, I'm also trying to stay positive that maybe through this strength and unity, we can find our way through and big change can happen. Something right. can be resolved. You know, the last and- time the actors and writers went on strike together was in the 80s. And that was how we got better residuals and, you know, more things to account for home videos being ah. being in the picture. So it could be a moment of change and a big step forward, but it definitely feels like a turning point um, and it needs to go, needs to go our way. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned that about everybody who's affected by this, because I think a lot of, you know, regular people who don't work in this industry might see like Matt Damon and Meryl Streep yeah. on the picket lines and think actors are rich and famous. What are they complaining about? Yeah. So I would love for you to sort of just break it down from a working actor's perspective so we can better understand what the it's like 160,000 members yes. are so the striking union has for. 160,000 members. Mm-hmm. And out of those members, only 1% are really making a lot of money. Right. 95% of the members have to have another job in order to make ends meet. 86% of our members can't qualify for health insurance because our residuals aren't high enough and our pay hasn't increased along with inflation. You need to make, I know in Canada, you know, you don't have to come up against this, but to qualify for your health insurance through our union, you need 26,000 a year and 86% of our members aren't making that much. So these are, you know, working actors. They're just working class people. They're going paycheck to paycheck. And when you're watching a show or a movie, there are all the other people around the Matt Damons and the Meryl Streeps. And they all come together to make this experience of being, you know, lost in a story that we love and means so much to us. And it's just not reasonable that an industry that's making, you know, billions of dollars has workers who can't have health insurance just as a basic human right. That doesn't make any sense. And that's the crazy thing, too. I know that, you know, the, there are a few points that people are fighting for, but pay and residuals is a big one. And I have been mm-hmm. reading, you know, articles about actors from hit shows like a, a lot of the cast members from Orange is the New Black have come out to say they're on the number one show. They, they basically turned Netflix into what it is now and yeah. barely making a living wage. Like you said, a lot of them are working as servers and and waiting tables while being recognized for the show they're on. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. And it's it's also because of, you know, streamers, there's no 
basically the way your residuals are currently structured is uh-huh. you you don't get a share. And if your show is streaming and the n- big hit on Netflix, you don't get a share in that. You get a flat fee for your show being on a streamer. But so, you know, an actor who's on a, a show that's getting streamed all the time on Netflix isn't getting compensated for that. And is that different? Like, that's not the case on a network show, right? Like, if you're on Seinfeld, you're getting a paycheck for that every time it airs. If you do a guest star and it's on broadcast on a regular network, you'll get paid a certain amount. And then when it airs again, you get paid a little bit less, a little bit less. But it's, you're paid for the time it's airing. So one of the things they're trying to work out, our union wants, you know, to have some sort of way for, for actors to share in that revenue from the streamers. Got it. To restructure how that all works. Because Ted Sarandos, the CEO of Netflix, is making $50 million a year. And like the stars of his shows are working as hostesses at like the Cracker Barrel. It's like wild. Yeah, the 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 executives are making, you know, in a day what the average writer actor makes in a year. Uh They're making that in a day. So your union is calling for a little bit more equality there for that money to sort of trickle down to the actors. Absolutely. Okay. If you're a boss and you have these workers below you and they are working hard and they can't afford to just carve out even a simple life for themselves, there's a problem there. I won't tell anybody that you're actually doing this interview from your yacht, right? I won't mention (laughs) that. No, please don't. No, she's just, she's not in Mallorca. She's not on her yacht. No, No, I told the butler to stay in the hallway. Stay out. Do not interrupt this conversation. Okay, good. Can we talk about the AI aspect? Because that's another thing that people are fighting against. I don't, I'm terrified of AI. I I experimented (laughs) with having a robot do part of my podcast and I felt better about it after that. But how does mm-hmm. it fa- affect actors or how could it affect actors? Well, that's the thing. That's the big question mark. I mean, because it's so new, that's what's so scary is people can give us reassurances that won't affect us. But we have to be protected at this point in our contract going forward because the technology is advancing so quickly. Right. There's already so much it can do. And without protections in there, I mean, they there were proposals. What I've heard is they wanted to be able to take a background actor that's an extra, like all the crowd scenes, all those people. Mm-hmm. Who make like less than $100 a day, yes. Yeah, so for half a day's pay, scan their likeness, and then own that likeness, and then use it in anything they want forever. No! Without consent, without any compensation. And then for performers who have principal roles, who have lines, uh-huh. they still wanted to be able to... Later, they can alter your performance. They can change your lines. They could create new scenes, not <gasps> with no consent. You know, you could be very creative with what that could. Uh, no, you could like where show that could up topless us. in a scene that you did not consent to, right? Like hypothetically, <laughs> yeah. that could happen. <gasps> yeah, because we don't know what's coming. It's so important to put in these protections now. Of course. Another issue is uh, self-tape. Self-taping has also become a big thing too. Yes. Tell me more about that because during the pandemic, hilariously, Amanda and her husband, who have two young children, were like having to borrow our friends' houses to do self-tapes. Like it is a full, that's, that's how you record your auditions now, right? You don't go into the offices anymore? No. Okay. You don't go in anymore. That's a full-time job. It is. It's, you know, they say that um, by now having actors self-tape at home, producers last year saved, it was like $250 million because they no longer have to pay to rent the space. They don't have to hire a reader. 
all of the labor has been offloaded onto the actors. So we are lighting, we are editing, we have to find a reader. Luckily, my husband is an actor, so I have a reader who lives with me, but so many people don't. So they're, you know, trying yeah. to do it on Zoom or recording their own voices or self-taping in their any, like find a blank wall. Or if you don't have childcare, we're like, we were often doing it when my daughter was napping. Oh, just so you're like, God. better get this one in oh, real quick. Um, so it's a constant juggle. And I think there's there are some benefits to self-taping. Like you don't cry in your car anymore because you okay. can send yep. something you feel good about. But you also have no feedback and no interaction. You never know if your tape's been watched. There's right. no rules about um, what they're trying to push for is to have tur- rules around turnaround, like, a lot of times you'll get this like 10 page self tape on a Friday due on Monday morning, trying to guard at least the basics of weekends, holidays, um, you know, just have some limits because it felt like actors are really being taken advantage of. And it's all free labor. You don't, you know, we're not getting paid. Part of the reason that the union is striking is to put more regulations around self-tapes. It's not yeah. like, okay, gotcha. So I am a non-SAG member, and I, I will tell you I'm pretty jealous that Fran Drescher is your president. It's incredible. I mean, uh, <laughs> I get, like, Joe Biden, you get the nanny. What do you think of her as a president? What did you think of that speech? I loved that speech. I felt so proud of her. I was so, I was kind of emotional and... It's really a moment when you're like, well, if you're going to be in a union and you need a president, an actor's union is a pretty good place to be because you're going to get a passionate delivery of that speech. So I felt really well represented and I thought she was strong and she didn't hold back. It was amazing. I love her. Like I I live, I want more Fran Drescher moments. I hope the strike ends quickly, but I also hope I get a lot of Fran Drescher angry content as it goes on. You are an actor. Your husband is an actor. You guys support your family with this work. So how do you see it playing out? Best case, worst case. Oh God, Jesse, I have no idea. I kind of keep going, what's going to happen? Oh, um, wow. Let's say uh, best case, they find a way through this and they, you know, because we are strong and we're united, uh-huh. they, you know, come to the table with a respectful agreement. And then I guess, you know, worst case scenario, uh, robots. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, that would be real bad. Well, before we move on, I do want to play a little game with you, because now that actors are joining the writers in the strike, the picket lines are getting a lot more attractive, but the signs have always been great. So I thought I would bring together the SAG strike with much music in a game I'm calling... Oh, God. I saw the sign. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. I'm going to read you some hilarious signs from Picket Lines. These are real signs that people have been holding. I just want you to give them a score from one to ten. Ten is like no notes. One is we need a punch up. Are you ready? Okay. Mm -hmm. This sign said AI more like ay ay ay. I'll give it an eight. Okay, that's an eight. Turns out the thing doesn't write itself. Mm. Nine. Nine? Oh, she likes it. Mm -hmm. Somehow striking feels good in a place like this. Oh, what is that? It's from the Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, five. That's oh, she's not. Find. She's does. Okay, that's a five. HBO. I have to think about it for too long. Okay, gotcha. But, I mean, gotcha. maybe that's my lack of sleep right now because I really like that ay 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 one. So, oh, yes. <laughs> the bar is low with that one. Okay, HBO Max pays HBO minimum. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to give it a nine. Oh, God, we're getting close. 
stop trying to make freelance happen. Well, I do love Mean Girls. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say 10. Oh! Just go for it. Just go for it. I can't hold back on a 10. That's how you play I Saw the Sign. That was fun. And you know what that does? It really brings us effortlessly into much music culture. Yes. And this is where I get to ask you things that I don't think I know the answer to because we've never really sat down and talked about it. I know. Is that weird? We've never... I mean, no. we just have other things to do. Well, it came up recently. I had like a bunch of people over. Do you remember? And you were, we started like telling stories and it was so fun. So I just, I want to hear more. And and for my phone of friends, of which you are one, who know you from much top tens, much on demand, Fandemonium Electric oh Circus. <laughs> Let's just catch them up to speed. Because when you Google Amanda Walsh VJ, a long list of articles appears with the headline, much music VJs, where are they now? So give us a quick, where are you now? Now I'm in my childhood bedroom because I'm <laughs> visiting family. <laughs> yes, but yes. usually um, I'm in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I'm working as a writer and an actor mm-hmm. and I'm very happy and I still come back to Canada whenever I can. Yes. And I have a family and uh, yeah, that's where I am. I'm in, a, I'm in a good place. She's a very full life. She really sure. does. And it, the annoying thing about you, Amanda, is that you're so good at everything. Like, Amanda is truly the best mom of any of my mom friends. She is like Jessie. an inspirational mom. You know, I've, you know this. You are well, an amazing mom. Nice. You somehow like balance it all so beautifully. And I just, I look up to you so much. Uh, but let's go way back. Same to you, by the oy, way. Oi, thank uh, you. Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah. She's got three of them. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, is it true you were discovered by a much music producer while waiting tables at a restaurant in Quebec? Is that true? Yeah. Well, it's mostly true. I was waiting tables um, in my in a small town and I walked by someone, a producer for much more music and working in graphics. Oh, my God. Yes. Remember much more music? It was like for it was like the elder millennial of the time (laughs) channel. Yes. (gasps) Yes. Yes. It was the VH1. Right. Um, That's or yes. So he said uh, he was like, well, I'm not the guy. I don't make these decisions. But my boss always says if we ever see anyone we think would be good to encourage them to send a tape. And he gave me his card. And so I just put my mind to making the best tape I could because I was already interested in, you know, writing and improv and stuff. And I put together this tape and sent it off. Then I got a call and they said, can you be here next week? <gasps> so a week later I moved and the next week I was on live national oh television. Oh my God. It was a big adjustment. And you are at that time the youngest ever Much Music VJ. Yes. And at the time, I feel like Much Music VJs led with hot and cool. Like that was the brand. And I yeah. I say this with love, but knowing you as well as I do, no, I would I not describe your brand as hot and cool. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Ugh. I would be the first to agree with you. Hot, I, yes, but like not that kind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. And I think maybe... I don't know. I, I have no idea what their perspective was when they hired me. Right. I remember the end of my big sit down interview. They were like, you know, you have uh, some uh, poppy seeds in your teeth. You know, And when they asked me my favorite websites, I said the Air Canada website. Oh, my God. For, uh, deals. Oh, my God. And Hotmail. So I was not like at the forefront. They were very good to me there. Uh-huh. Um, but there was also sometimes a like, oh, 
that's a funny thing you chose to wear or, um, you know, (laughs) you looked cool today, like trying to kind of encourage me. Um, or sometimes I'd pitch, you know, we're shooting something with Ryan Reynolds and it was us like snowboarding together or he was snowboarding. I was skiing and I was like, maybe I could also snowboard and I could be falling, like just some falling thing. And they were like, yeah, we kind of want you to look cool. Ah, so, ah, so there was a lot of, um, I don't think I fit the mold in that way. Yes. And, and even just like clothing wise, I didn't have time. I was working all the time. Right. I, when I moved to Toronto, I had like two shirts. I was in, you know, I was a student. I had like my going out shirt. But there was like an, an assumption that if you are put on a national television show and at that time you were on for like four hours <laughs> a day, no. that there was, it was glamorous that they would do, they yeah. would dress you, do hair, makeup. Was not, was, was none of that happening? I'll tell you the things that were happening. Okay. A producer took me shopping okay. when I first started. So uh-huh. I bought a couple things. I had no idea what to buy in these Queen Street West stores. I was very she's from a small confused. town in Quebec. Yeah. I was like, oh, everything's kind of strange here. Okay. <laughs> so I got a few pieces. I would get dressed at my apartment that I shared with some roommates. Then I would walk in my own clothes. Then I would walk <laughs> for half an hour to work. So my hair would be insane. I have no memory of like fixing my hair before going on TV. You would walk like, 30 I, minutes in Toronto, sun, heat, cold, yeah. whatever, and just walk on with that hair. I think so. Yeah. I have no, because I, I remember my last week or two, I thought to like bring a brush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a very strange combination of being on TV, but also, you know, living like a, like a 20 year old. Who yeah. I really know. Uh, and then I got sent stuff and I would just wear whatever it was sent. Was like, right. Great. There wasn't like that pressure that you hear about where they like tried to change you or make you this like cool VJ. They sort of encouraged you or pointed you in that direction, but also let you be you. For the most part, yes. Yeah. There was occasionally like some catalogs from like jeans, buffalo, like <laughs> left on my desk at one point. Oh my God. Um, Oops. They we had- just left this <laughs> jeans catalog if there's any kind of a bedazzled back pocket that you're like I knew enough to know that was not the right look for me oh my god that was not the right look but they would say I I remember this it would be like the models in there that would be like Tatiana likes to get wet and I was like I don't want to do this um I can't Uh okay so no but I would say there was definitely some nudge nudging Mm -hmm. but Oh, at the end of the day, maybe they just gave up or maybe they realized, I I guess I was doing okay my way. Wow. Who were the other VJs on air with you at the time? Rick. Rick the Tem. Rick and I co-hosted Much on Demand. Bradford. Yes. Bradford Howe, Rainbow. Right. Jen. Yeah, Jen Hollett. Jen Hollett. uh, Hannah Sung and George. George Strombolopoulos. Yes. Yeah. It was a great group of people. Yes. Uh, one time I was driving down La Brea and a police car pulled up next to me at a stop sign and started honking at me and telling me to roll down my window. And I like, honestly, hot, wet shit through my, I was like, I am being pulled over by the police. And I opened my window and it's George Strombolopoulos <laughs> in driving the police car that he owns. He bought like an old oh. police car and that's the vehicle that he drives through the streets of Los Angeles. Fun fact. 
I had no idea. Yeah. If you ever get pulled over by the police, the chances are it's probably Strombo. Yeah. You never know where he'll pop up. I know. Truly, truly. Yeah. Uh, When I started at MTV, I feel like I had a moment where I tried to be cool and like into cool indie music. Mm -hmm. And then Hanson came to the show and signed my like bony chest. And I cried and realized, oh, I'm never going to be cool. I'm only ever going to be me, like the girl who shakes in the presence of Zach Hanson. And when I leaned into that, I really sort of found my voice. And I feel like you were similar in that you were always only ever going to be you. Like you weren't just going to show up and double finger point to camera and say like, what up nation or read the teleprompter. Like, is that true? There was no teleprompter. Oh, really? Yeah, we had nothing. Oh my God. You had to come up with all of your content. Wow. Um, We had some great producers, of course, but Uh there was no teleprompter. It was just (gasps) you're on live and go for it. But I, you're, to what you're saying, yeah. yeah, I'm not, I don't think I was able to do that. So I had to kind of put my own spin on things. Yes. I remember even like when I first started, they wanted me to shoot a promo. It was like, Hey, want to see the new VJ in a bikini or something weird? And I was like, I can't say like, I just, I physically can't do it. Can't it will do be it. weird. So I always had to find my own way in. And sometimes some of the stuff we started covering would be like, you know, let's count down the top 10 hottest abs. And I was like, <laughs> I, I can't, I have to make this funny or comment that I know it's dumb or just put something also in there for all these teenagers watching to be like, this isn't actually important. Mm. Like, because I I didn't want to be contributing to, it was right as like celebrity culture was on the rise. And it was just like, how do I find a way to make this my own and make it funny and be aware of what it is. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And sorry, I'm just going to make a note for myself for this podcast. Yes, I'm going to do ideas. a segment on top 10 hottest abs. That's going to work here, I think, really for the demo. <laughs> Um, they used to have these like seven foot tall uh, model, like fr- like French models hosting electric circus. And then suddenly mm-hmm. I turned it on and one night you were hosting it. <laughs> How oh my God. did that happen? I feel like pe- someone was sick and they, there was, there, and there was a lot of worry about putting me on there. I remember oh, getting really? like, be cool. <laughs> <laughs> so many buffalo jeans catalogs so on the desk. It's not my best work. I won't pretend it is. Um, but it was just like, oh, it's just fun. Why is everyone worrying about putting me in this fun thing? And then eventually they did. And then I got to stay because I guess I was cool enough or something. What did you have to do? Are you like throwing to dance? What was that job? Like, I just remember I'd host like two other shows during the day. Then I'd go to Second Cup and get myself a mocha red eye. And then I'd be ready <laughs> for um, electric service. You know, you, there were the risers. And I remember you'd be there. You do the big EC is on the air. It's Friday night. We'd interview the dancers. Sometimes there'd be an artist that would pop by. You'd throw to videos. Oh it's always really God. loud. I oh feel like they were just kind of yelling. And then sometimes you'd be there like, and then we're going to cut to you dancing. And that would, I'd always be kind of nervous about that. You know, <gasps> I love to dance, but like the dancers could dance. And they're like, and then we're going to cut to you. And I'd be like, you okay. had to dance on electric circus? <laughs> Every once in a while. It would just be like, cut to you and, and rainbow having fun or something. And that oh would my God. a little bit funny. Oh but my God. There wasn't room for much content. So a lot of it is just like, you guys having fun? It's Friday night. And like, <laughs> I cannot. It is like we would gather around the television and watch Electric Circus. It, wow, what a time. I know. I have like so many questions. I could talk to you for an hour about much music. So instead no. of doing that, I thought I would just throw 10 of my questions into a rapid fire game that I'm creatively calling Much Top Tens. 
Much Top Tens. So first thing that comes to mind, are you ready? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, number one, which celebrity were you most starstruck by? Um, I'll say Janet Jackson, but maybe Tina Fey. Which celebrity hit on you? I'll say Gene Simmons because that's the <gasps> most memorable. It was not on camera. I, you know, and I, he, I talked about this on Much Music, so it's not new news. Although uh-huh. at the time, I don't think people really recognize it. He put his tongue in my ear. Oh. He swirled his tongue. He asked me if I was a virgin in front of a bunch of record label people. I didn't even interview him. I was just there working. Oh <laughs> my God. Rick was interviewing him and saw me watching from my desk and was trying to be nice. And he was like, oh, Gene, have you met Amanda? And then he like shook my hand, wouldn't like go of my hand. And all the people around him are like, oh, like he's just being crazy <gasps> rocker. And then he was like, what time do you get off work? And that night I was supposed to finish at 9.30, but we were preempted. So I was finishing at 8.30, but I tried to lie. Of course you did. And go, I work late, nine, like 9.30, because <laughs> to a member of KISS, yes. uh, I thought, I was like, yes. I can't hang out with you. And then he, um, yeah, he put his tongue in my ear. But I would, you know, I will say this about much, like, that was super gross, all those labeled people stood around while he did that to yes. me. Yes, they did. No one said anything. But then I went on air and I talked about it a lot and I joked about it and I pretended to wash my ears with bleach and nobody ever pulled me back. No one said like no one said not to do that. I mean, that's truly like why you were special and why you are special and why I why I of course you did. Of course you did. Um, that was a question on my list. It was there were no boundaries in the early 2000s. What is one thing you witnessed or that happened that would never fly in 2023? I left much with this demo reel and I was so proud of it. It had all these people I interviewed. And then when I look at it now, it's kind of embarrassing Mm. because it's me just fielding like people humping my leg, like Benji Madden. Wait, it might've been Joel Madden. One of the Maddens, I don't want to humping. twins who can tell them apart, right, Amanda? You know. (laughs) (laughs) One of them was humping your leg. I was also humped by Jacob Hogard. So we've both been humped. They just like grab, and, and also not even celebrities, like, random, uh, it's like someone in an audience grabbing my face and kissing me. And I put that on my reel. Like I put that on my demo. Yes. Reel Cause that was funny at the that time. That I could handle it all. And, um, yes. yeah, yeah. It's just, it was just me like ludicrous hitting on me, shaggy hitting, like all, they're all doing it for on camera. They didn't do anything off camera, but like none of it would fly. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, favorite person to interview. Hmm. Oh, Sean Paul. Oh, what a time. Uh, yeah. Squarely in the 2001 to 2004 era. Yeah, we had a great time. Least favorite person to interview. I really did not enjoy my interview with Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, did you know that the lead singer of Queens of the Stone Age used to live in this house? I bought what? my house. <laughs> I bought my house from that guy. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. <sighs> hilarious um yeah i mean look i don't know them as people but they were just i think they were like a band misbehaving in an interview and i was young and it was it was so like i was so hurt afterwards because they were just dicking around and we're sitting on the desk and they were just pretending to answer the phone i had no control oh it was really hard well fuck that guy that was rough he put really ugly tiles in so now well, I can hate him even circle. more. Yeah. Uh, okay. One band or artist you were pissed that you didn't get to interview. Because you didn't get to do any of like the intimate and interactives with the boy bands. No, I didn't. And I am pissed about that. I am, yeah. well, Rick, Rick always did those and he was fantastic. He did. Um, but I would probably pick a, uh, because those it was that era, 
it might have been fun to just there was a moment when Justin Timberlake was supposed to come to much. It ended up getting canceled. I didn't have the interview, but I was supposed to do the pregame show where you're Ooh. in the crowd. And I had this whole plan. You know how he was in that like little knit cap and the 7 yes. Eleven shirt? Yeah. That was what I was gonna wear that in the <laughs> audience. I was so excited. <laughs> and you didn't get to do it. Didn't get to do it. Oh my God. That's Amanda Walsh for you. She's not like trying to look hot when Justin Timberlake at the peak of his career comes by. She's like, where can I get the outfit he wore in the Senorita video? <gasps> it's true. I'm like more sad about not doing the bit. Yeah. I enjoyed interviewing for sure, but it was like, I felt sometimes like you're, I invite, I remember I had to do Exposed with Pink and with when that Exposed show, you're with them for a good day or two, but it always just felt like you just felt kind of a nuisance mm. and it was hard and I mm. didn't feel like I, it was hard to connect. Yeah. I did invite Pink to my birthday party, but she didn't. She, no, she you did declined. not. I was like, and we're all going to Milestones. <laughs> after. <laughs> doing a full day of exposed you were like please and she said no shut up yeah she said she She didn't show she didn't show no she didn't show well okay there's still time there's still time i didn't want her to come i was being nice absolutely you did not show up to your party and be like guys pink might be coming just so you know pink might be coming order an extra bellini Ask for ask for two of those little plastic things in the Bellini because pink is coming. <gasps> okay, I'm on like question five of my okay. much top ten. Oh, yeah, We're yeah, go, really go. bad at rapid fire, Mando. Okay, uh, did you ever date a musician or celebrity? No comment. Yes, <gasps> I'll say yes, I did. I did. You did. But I don't want to. But it was yeah, a drummer. It was a drummer, right? Yeah. It was a drummer. So it's like... <laughs> Just everyone calm down, okay? It everyone was a drummer. Down. It was a everyone drummer. Calm down. Yeah. Yes, uh, I, I brushed I brushed shoulders. She brushed shoulders. Uh, my, my dream was to date Pierre Bouvier of Simple Plan, and that never happened. So please, you did better than <laughs> I loss. did. His loss. Biggest OMFG moment. Probably when I, I think I did something in a helicopter, and that was crazy. Like for the opening of the Much Music Video Awards. But this is how, and it's really disturbing to me, I did so many things and they were just like back to back to back to back to back that in a way, like I, you hear I'm saying, I think I was in a helicopter. Right. Right. To most people, that is like a top core memory. Right. Looking out over those big crowds and stuff, you're just kind of doing it. Yeah. You're just like in this other mode. And I have been given really good advice to kind of act like you're hosting a party and you're trying to make other people comfortable. And so I just kind of tried to do that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is something uh, I don't think a lot of people know about you, Amanda, is that when you come to my house, you walk in and you go, it's Friday night. (laughs) Who's ready to party? (laughs) Are you guys having fun? Is everyone having fun? (laughs) It's in you for life. Okay. (laughs) Last but not least, biggest regret. Oh, here's one you'll like just for CanCon. Please. When Avril and Derek Wibley were moving to LA. Uh, From Ajax. Go on. His parents called me to invite me to their going away barbecue. And they also called Rick. And I didn't go because it was like Avril and Derek weren't actually inviting me. Their parents were just really sweet and would come to the much music events. And were like, would, like if I'd shown up, it would have been weird. But I'll just share it because I feel like you would like this CanCon detail of life. 
I regret that for you. You absolutely <laughs> should have gone to the farewell barbecue. That is the greatest invitation I've ever heard. And that's a goddamn air horn sound effect. R.I.P. to that couple. And those right, yeah. are my much top tens. <gasps> Thanks, Jesse. Much top tens. Amanda, you are the most inspiring woman, actor, mom, person I know. I am so grateful to have you in my life. And I'm so happy that I got to phone you. I know. Can you phone me again? This was so fun. But I feel like maybe it's just indulgent and I, I could just reminisce with you about the early aughts forever. I know. Um, I know. And I would like to hear more of your experiences. And, oh, yeah. please. So, Next time I call you, you know it's going to be like, uh, Dre has hand, foot, and mouth disease. What do I do? <laughs> or like, what school should I send Rome to? These are usually... <laughs> what we discussed. So this was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. Okay. Well, sadly, I have to let you go and, and I just have to say bye. Bye. Bye, bye friend. Bye, friend. Bye. Thank bye. you. You're the best. Amanda Walsh, everybody. She is the best. Okay, she's like a great friend. She's a hugely talented writer and actor. And here's the thing. We were not allowed to talk about any of her current acting or writing projects per the SAG and Writers Guild strikes. She's not allowed to promote anything while the union is on strike. So I'll just say this. She was so funny in the movie Dula, which came out last year. Jason, that is a much a must a much, a much watch. I can't, I can't get out of it now. It's a much watch. She's great in the most recent season of Pretty Hard Cases on CBC. She's at Amanda Lee Walsh on Instagram. And it's Thursday night. Are we having fun? <laughs> I am. And I really did. Thank you, Amanda. After the break, last week, I insulted thousands of women who wear gladiator sandals and they're pissed. I address the controversy next. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're back, and I get 
two kinds of voicemails throughout the week, Jason. Messages from my mother begging me to call her back and messages from you, our unnamed listeners, calling me out for questionable things I say on this show. Today, it's the latter. Let's check my voicemail. Check, check, check your voicemail. Hey, Jesse, this is Katie calling from Toronto, and I need a favor. I need you to help an elder millennial mom out. So this week I was listening to your podcast, which I love, and you mentioned um, that gladiator sandals and wrap sweaters were extremely offensive when you were speaking about your encounter with Drake. And as a millennial mom who has been momming for the past, like, 12 years, my fashion sense has suffered quite a bit. And this week you had me running to my closet to ditch the gladiator sandals and wrap sweaters. And I just need to know, what am I replacing these with? What are millennial, elder millennial moms wearing these days that uh, are not so offensive as gladiator sandals and wrap sweaters? Thanks, Jesse. Take care. Bye. Okay, 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 Katie from Toronto, or as she pronounced it, Toronto. <laughs> Katie from Toronto. I am so glad you called because I do feel the need to clear this up. So last week, I told a story about Drake sitting next to me at a restaurant with a girl who he was clearly romancing. And I said that the thing that shocked me the most was that she was wearing gladiator sandals, okay, flats, and a wrap sweater. Now, I, I should have clarified, and I would like to clarify now. There is nothing offensive about gladiator flats and a wrap sweater, especially in 2016. I had wrap sweaters in every color, and I, too, still wear my 2016 gladiator flats to this day. You know the kind? They're like the ones that lace right up the calf. What I was shocked by was that Drake was out at like a kind of like a hot King Street restaurant on a Friday night with a girl who was dressed like me and you, Katie, from Toronto. Okay, I just feel like he deserves better than us and our Gap wrap sweaters, you know? You would expect Drake to be with a girl who looks like the girls in his videos, and those girls are not lacing up their gladiator flats. They're lacing up their panties. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> to quote you, Jason. And they're pairing them with heels. And there are no sweaters, wrap or otherwise, in sight. Okay? You don't see Drake rapping in front of the CN Tower with girls dancing behind him wearing wrap sweaters. It doesn't happen. And I feel like the girls who you do see him dancing with, those are the girls Drake should be with. That's who he sings about. That would make sense. Instead, on this particular evening, it looked like he picked up this girl at the Robe Arts Library on the U of T campus while she was, like, studying for an exam and asked him to join him for dinner on King Street. And I became obsessed with it. I could not stop thinking about how this lovely, albeit basic, young lady found herself with Drake in flats. Because let's imagine for a moment, Katie from Toronto, that Drake asks you to dinner. Are you heading out in your flats? Are you just leaving work a few minutes early? Are you like saying goodbye to the marketing girls? I gotta go. It's just gonna pop out in my wrap sweater to meet Drake. No, you are absolutely not. You are leaving work early. You are digging into the back of your closet to find heels, to find something that shows cleavage. You're going to do whatever you can do to dress your ass up for Drake. Not this girl. 
This girl rolled up in her outfit from the Yorkdale Mall, and clearly I'm the shallow one because it seemed like they were having a lovely time. I remember at the time thinking like, wow, maybe Drake just raps about falling in love with strippers, but in real life, he just wants like a sweet, down-to-earth Toronto girl, you know? And then less than a year later, he did have a baby with a former porn star slash stripper. So I guess in conclusion, to quote Drake, sometimes I need that romance. Sometimes I need that pole dance. (laughs) And there can be no pole dance in a gladiator flat. As far as what elder millennial moms should be wearing, Katie, I think a flat and a wrap sweater sounds perfect. As long as you're not dating Drake, Don't change a thing, Katie from Toronto. And thank you for your message. Keep the voicemails coming. And if you're coming to see me live in Montreal next week at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, come ready with questions because I'm going to check my damn voicemail live. I'm linking tickets in the description of this episode. And Jason, that's our show. That's the show. What should we play? Um, Can we go something like Electric Circus? Yeah, needs Electric Circus. I'm feeling like a sandstorm by Darude Energy. Oh, good one. I never would have thought of that. Good one. Just send us off into Thursday with a sandstorm vibe, please. Huge thanks to Amanda Walsh for explaining the strike to us non-actors and taking us back to 2002. I'm much on demand that she comes back again when this strike is over because I feel like we have so much more to talk about. Her current projects, all of it. Uh, Jason, we're going to be back next week with our official Barbie review. Yes, we are. Now, do you want to know what I'm doing actually right now? What? What? I told you I had like a hard out. I have to stop recording at a certain time because I have to go get my first mammogram. Oh, good job. (laughs) Which on the one hand, thank you. Very important, ladies. Take care of your maternal health. On the other hand, it's like, Where do I sign up to be the fucking golden bachelorette, you know? I've entered my golden podcaster era, Jason. And I'm squishing my breasts to prove it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for reviewing the show, posting about it, leaving us five stars. It really means the world. And have an amazing week, everybody. Jason, have a wonderful week. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, see you tomorrow. Okay. And we'll talk next Thursday. Bye. Phone the Friend was created by our mom, Jessie Crookson. The executive producers are Jessie Crookson and Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Perra. The amazing theme song and sexy interludes are by Jay Melanowski from Badwin Sound Clash. Phone a Friend is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Credits are by us, Ray Gatika and Real Gatika. We're her kids. That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening? Okay, see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.